All Packers, all the time. Matt LaFleur has to do more to make it better for him. That said, he did, uh, Jordan Love did not play well enough last night. And that's what happens with first-year starters. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically them. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. <laughs> it's Jason Wildy on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Also sponsored by Century Foods. Win two tickets to see Green Bay host Kansas City on Sunday, December 3rd. Compliments of Century Foods. Find the weekly code on Century's Facebook or Instagram and enter to win. We'll take a break from celebrating the Giannis extension news here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy to get into some green and gold with Jason Wildy. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? Green and growing is the correct answer. Mm-hmm. You're with me, Jason. Yeah, you're you're with everybody. Love it. There's one person holding on. Then it's not everybody. Don't speak in absolutes. I do. I I, I want to be clear. It was during my era of covering the Bucks when Ray Allen used to always tease me. Oh, Packers season must be over. Wildy's here to finally cover us. <laughs> I did enjoy uh, light it up, Tim Thomas. Light it up, but uh, green and growing. Green and growing, which also applies to the Green Bay Packers this season. Oh, very. Hopefully growing at a uh, quick rate. Um, let's talk about yesterday and Matt LaFleur's comments. I want to hear the comments before we ask you about them. Go ahead, Joshy. He's done enough for me to show me that he's. it's all right there. And we just got to try to get – and it's not just him. It's getting the other 10, everybody on the same page. It all works in unison. And so the better everybody is around him, the better he's going to look. And our confidence in him is not wavering one, one bit. That Matt LaFleur yesterday after the two-point loss on Sunday. Um, Jason, are you buying that? Do you think he's being truthful? Do you think internally there are some questions about Jordan Love's ability to get the deed done? Uh, I mean, when he's, I thought, first of all, brilliant question by whoever asked that. I mean, what a great <laughs> answer to solicit by that experienced, savvy, long-winded question. Well-dressed. Reporter. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I'll tell you what. I had some really, I had, I had some kicks you would have really liked yesterday. And uh, I had my Oregon hoodie on, which I usually dress up only for important occasions like Steinhoffel's grand openings with. So uh, I was looking good. But um, He's on a roll. I, I thought. I thought that answer was outstanding, and not because of the question. But I think the crucial part of that is it's all right there, right? Because I, I thought this was a really smart answer, because that does not tie him in to this guy is going to be good or this guy's going to be great or anything like that. What it says is we believe the talent is there, but you guys know this as well as anybody – Jen, you've covered your share of college football players that were extremely talented. Chewy, you played with all kinds of talented guys that it did, it wasn't enough. I, I I think he's I thought he left himself the perfect amount of wiggle room if it doesn't come together over the course of the next you know whatever eighteen months or whatever it's going to be over this the remainder of this season and next season. I I really thought it was a truthful answer that also acknowledged the possibility that while we see the talent, we being the Packers, we see the talent, that doesn't mean that it's going to add up 
to this guy being the guy for the next decade. Jason, is is there really not a big gap between all these receivers? I mean, Dobbs, what do you have, two catches? Watson, three. Where's the eight catches or the nine catches for 100? I mean, are they just not winning one-on-one matchups? So I I don't spend as much time um, watching the all-22 as others do because, quite frankly, I try to do my job as well as I can, but I'd also like to have some work-life balance with my family. Uh, There are people that are addicted to it. God bless them for doing it. But I did go through some of it uh, yesterday wanting to answer this exact question. And I don't think they – I don't think any of these guys win consistently. Like, you remember guys that – I mean, there were – what's the old – they're like 7-Eleven, they're always open. Yeah. Like, you had guys that were like that. And you had guys, like when Free was at the peak of his powers or Robert Brooks Mm – like, they were open even when they weren't open, right? I mean, we know that about Devontae. Um, and, God, could I just say that I would give not any, not anything, but almost anything if they would reacquire him? And, uh, by the way, it would make Jordan Love. Suddenly we'd have a much better feeling about Jordan Love. I'm convinced of that. But the, the reality is, is that they don't win consistently. And they're not open when they're not open. Like, I keep thinking back to the deep ball that Love throws to Christian Watson in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Like, it goes off his fingertips, but that's the kind of play that really good receivers make. And it's not that high of a degree of difficulty. Like, if you're going to be a stud, you got to make that play, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. Christian, you know, Christian Watson, my other concern about him, it's obviously durability. Romeo Dobbs has been my guy from the first practice of the rookie minicamp after the draft a year ago. I thought, I mean, he, you guys would hear me talk about this. Like, every day this dude makes a play. And I, I was expecting a much greater jump, and maybe some of it is certainly the quarterback he's playing with, but he didn't like the last guy. He didn't feel like the last guy was invested in him. He didn't feel like he talked to him enough. He thought he was mean. Like, he did not like the last guy. So now he's got a guy that he really vibes with and seemed to be vibing with during training camp, and it hasn't carried over. He's had some glimpses. I thought the touchdown catch, like, one of his best qualities is how strong his hands are, and that was on display. But he does not. He has not found a consistency, and for a, for a team that has chosen to go with three three second year guys and three rookies at that position, they need more from Romeo Dobbs than what they're getting. But don't they need to target him more than Jason? I mean, I'm looking here at his but game. But he's got to get open to be targeted, yeah. right? Like he's got It's it's if he's not, I, I am certain that he is a initial read more frequently than other guys in this offense. And if he's not getting targets, that's not just Jordan Love passing him up. Because I would argue that if there's a guy that Jordan Love has trust with, it's probably Romeo Dobbs at the top of the list. The other guy that I think they need to get more involved and not just throwing the ball uh, himself is Dontavion Wicks. And that's an, I really like him. Like I, I liked him when he finally got on the field in camp. I think he's really smart. I think he's got kind of those chewy intangibles that you really like of uh, 
kind of knows how to get open even when he's in tight quarters. Uh, that that catch that he had across the middle, yeah, uh, which nice was catch. not a very well thrown ball. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure how many guys right now in their wide receiver room catch that ball. Jason, I feel that a big reason for the regression in the offense has been the play of the offensive line. At what point do they consider shaking things up? Yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't claim to be the connoisseur of offensive line play. We always enjoy when Tausch and uh, Brian Balaga get into the weeds on tackle talk. Um, but when I when I watch Rashid Walker, he looks like an inconsistent second year player. Right? I mean, a guy who played four special team snaps as a rookie, and that's it. Um, now, I don't know if they feel like, you know, Sean Ryan would be any sort of interior upgrade for them, but, you know, I did think that the brief time that uh, Zach Tom was at center, they had a nice run up the middle where he blocked pretty darn well, right? Um, look, I, I don't, I don't, I think we maybe were sold a bit of a bill of goods on how deep and talented their line was like, and some of this is on me cause I bought it that, well, they were bringing back everybody. So they must be good, but we know that Josh Myers was inconsistent last year and has continued to be this year. You know, I, I did think they got hosed on that uh, Elton Jenkins holding penalty. I, I now, in fairness, I also think they got away with a holding penalty on, Ryan, on John Runyon uh, on the 29-yard catch and run by A.J. Dillon, so maybe it was a makeup call. But the bottom line is, is that they have not been consistent. Uh, the whole idea behind bringing you know, a, a guy with an old man knee was that David Bakhtiari was going to – you knew he was going to stay in front of his guy all the time without having to grab the guy's face mask. And they haven't had that at left tackle, even if they like grading on a scale what they've gotten from Rasheed Walker. So, look, I'm a Yash believer. Uh, I apparently am in the minority, and I definitely don't work for the Packers because I still the, – the, the most shocking moment for me this season was when I asked Adam Stenovich about Yash and he basically trashed him publicly for not rising to the competitive occasion in training camp. And that's fine if he, you know, sulked or felt sorry for himself then. But I would argue that he deserves an opportunity because the guy's been a pretty darn good tackle in games for you in the past. Vikings come back to beat the 49ers last night, so that's not great. I thought maybe that they would at least be coming off of a loss at the game coming up this weekend. If you had to decide between the coaches and the players, Jason, who are you giving more of the blame to or who's more responsible for the team's recent struggles, the coaching staff or the the, players who are not executing? The general manager. Um, Look, I I guess the answer is the players if you give me a choice because – but I don't blame them for not executing. Like, my argument is is that, and, and again, it's six games in. If we're having the same conversation 13 games in, then I'm going to shift the blame to the coaches. But I really believe that Matt LaFleur is struggling to figure out exactly what to do with their inexperience to give them the best possible. I mean, that's what coaches' jobs are, right? 
whether they're coaching seventh grade girls basketball or the National Football League, it's to put your players in the best position to succeed. And I don't think Matt LaFleur knows what that looks like. I think he's probably oversimplified things to the point where they're not getting anything done in the first half, and then they're having to kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit in the second half because they're losing, and he gets more aggressive, and guys are executing. But, like, you know, there's another example on Sunday where they've got another makeable third down, just like they did uh, the previous game against the Raiders when Luke Musgrave ran the wrong route on third and three, and they would have picked it up and kept going and maybe get points. They had another one of those in the first half last week or Sunday. And those are the kinds of things that veteran players don't generally screw up, but young players do. And so Matt LaFleur, I think Matt LaFleur is like, I think he's afraid to do too much motion and have these guys get confused or not line up correctly and all these things. And I really think that that, that still, he does deserve blame for that. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's that they've chosen to do what they've done offensively that has made the job of the coaches that much harder to figure out how to best put these guys in position to succeed. Jason, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Have a great show. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. He's Jason Wildy. You can hear him on Wildy and Tausch right after Jen Gabe and Chewy right here on ESPN Milwaukee. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to put it up on the poll as well when we were asking about the Bucks being the best run sports organization in Wisconsin on the heels of Giannis signing the extension. Because for a very long time, I think the Green Bay Packers had that title. I think the Green Bay Packers were considered the best run organization in Wisconsin because there was a lot of success, a lot of seasons of winning football. And maybe now with the silos and the way things are structured, it doesn't feel that way. Certainly you got a losing team and that's going to contribute to the thoughts, but let us know who is the best run sports organization in Wisconsin right now between the Packers, the Brewers, and the Bucks. Gabe? Palermo's is Wisconsin's hometown pizza. They've been making great tasting frozen pizza, including Palermo's Cotties, Urban Pie, Screaming Sicilian, and from the hit Netflix series Stranger Things, Surfer Boy Pizza. They've been doing that locally for over 55 years. Easy to see why. There's so many different brands of pizza. Whatever your taste is, they're going to have a pizza for you. And with, with us in the heart of the sports season, whether you're kicking back, watching some playoff baseball or the basketball regular season that's starting up, or you just want to throw a pizza in the oven during a football weekend, Palermo's has a pizza for you. So make sure you find your favorite Palermo's pizza in the freezer section at your local grocery store. Palermo's, it's Wisconsin's hometown pizza. 